This is the Women with Vision podcast, where we get real with some of the leading entrepreneurial superwomen about what it takes to build a business online and beyond with kids, husbands, and everything else. Hey there, superwomen. I am so excited to have my next guest. I just recently met her. She's like a sister from another mister. I'm excited because, you know, she has started her coaching business. I think really, you know, her whole life has been in the making for just what she's doing right now. She has a diverse background that includes 20 years as an Air Force family member and Department of Defense civilian working at three law enforcement agencies and navigating corporate America. Uh, and she now is going into an amazing life coaching business. So excited to have her here. Delhi Cooley, how are you? I am fantastic. Hi, Tam. Great to see you. Oh, my gosh. I'm excited about this. Um, I know that your career um, centers around communication and training and finance and program management and leadership and development. And I think now you're starting to really formulate a lot of your background into um, helping people navigate their career plus life coaching, which I think they should be kind of put together because there's a lot of things when you're trying to figure out the lifestyle you want, the career you want, what, what will give you that lifestyle. It does take a lot, of, a lot of skills and navigation skills. And I really like when we had our conversation that you were a pivot master. You were talking about the master of the pivot. You've had to learn that skill over the years. A lot of us have had to use that skill in the last couple of years. So first, let's first of all start with why did you decide to go into coaching? Oh, so I, I was born to be a coach. Um, I always say my mom put me in my first leadership and development program when I was seven years old. So there's always been this leadership and development component to every part of my life. Every job I've ever had, I've somehow found a way to get my leader to allow me to take on an additional duty around coaching, facilitating. So it's just been an evolution over time and a calling that's just gotten louder and louder and louder to the point where it just can't be ignored. You know, it's interesting because you really are a successful businesswoman. You have a great a career. You work for an amazing company. You're doing a lot of great things at your company, working in diversity, equity, inclusion space. You know, why is the calling to go into entrepreneurship? Because, you know, that is that is a whole thing, right? That is definitely <laughs> a whole thing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It is. So I do. I work at an amazing company with a fantastic culture and just amazing people. I have literally hit the jackpot when it comes to work and all of the things that I get to do every day. Even in my current climate, I find myself coaching other leaders, coaching my team, having people come to me and asking me for coaching. There's no shortage. It's like people just find me. Yeah. I don't have to say anything. I don't have to ask for clients. They just come to me. And so when you get to a point where you're turning people away or trying to consider how am I going to be able to actually provide service to this many people? And right now, more than ever, life coaching is an investment in your mental health. Oh, totally. <clears throat> 
It really, really is. And a lot of us, um, well, you know what's interesting? I think um, we need to start paying more attention to our mental health and more attention to, you know, what we want in our life. You know, we, you know, uh, even in my generation, our past generations, we've had so much steering that we have to do this one or the one way or the other. Um, but really um, starting to realize that, you know, I think what, I think COVID made us to made us actually think of life this way. People make a major decision, major, major life changes because of it. You start to realize, do I really want this in my life? Do I want my life to look like this? Uh, so I think you're exactly right. What would you say some of the ups and downs that you've had to go through, whether in business, starting a new business, or just in your life in general? Oh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> right? <laughs> So you mentioned that I had a 20-year background as a military family member. So I would say I spent 20 years following my ex-husband around to get him to the top 3% of the Air Force, mm -hmm. supporting him, supporting him in his role as a leader in the Air Force. And I loved every moment of it. I spent 20 years raising two children before I had one of my own. Mm -hmm. and being invested in their lives and then having three children of my own. And so it was the day before my 36th birthday, which my birthday was yesterday. It was on Easter. First time. Oh, yes, that's right. Uh, happy birthday. Thank you. So this is a time of, of year where I spend a lot of time reflecting on my past and my future. And it was also the eve of my 36th birthday when I found out that my marriage was going to be coming to an end. And so I had spent my entire life focused on raising children, being the secondary income in a family. And I gave up career after career after career because that's what the military asked of us in order to live around the world, I had to give up jobs. So I could, I moved from Arizona to Italy. There are no jobs in Italy um, that I could take. And so I gave up all of these careers and then find out that my marriage is coming to an end. That's a lot. I had to have the most uncomfortable conversation of my life the next day with my leadership because I had no idea what to do. What, what are my options? Mm -hmm. Because I'm there in Germany with my family because I'm married to the person I'm married to. I can't even keep my job. So the first thing was just figuring out what are my options when I know that my marriage is coming to an end? And so I, I would definitely say personally, that was the pivot point that changed my life. That is when my entire life that had been ceased to exist. And now I had to come up with a new plan. Yeah. And so I spent 20 years pivoting like these pivot 
pivot, pivot, pivot to pivot to an, an emergency communication specialist, pivot to a stay at home mom, pivot to jack of all trades person who leads all of these outdoor excursions in Italy and a Girl Scout troop leader and pivot to being an art teacher. Like every move was a pivot. So I spent my entire life pivoting and now here I am. The carpet has literally been yanked out from underneath my feet. And that wasn't the end because then I had a major health scare as well. And so now I'm getting treatment to address my health issues. My marriage is coming to an end and I have no idea what I'm going to do. Yeah. Because I made $18,000 a year as a furloughed civilian and I was the secondary income. I mean, I was, I, I was not even sure I could take care of my family um, because I never, I'd never had to. Yeah. I had just taken care of kids. I mean, taking care of all of the things except for making the money to take care of the family. Yeah. So and you're in a different country and you have to make real decisions. Like what yes. do I do? Can I stay here? Like, where am I going to go? How yeah. can I take care of us? It's oh man. And so what it ended up happening was I found out that no matter what option I took, I would only be able to stay halfway through my daughter, my oldest daughter's senior year of high school. Mm which meant she would be halfway through her senior year going through a divorce and moving to a new country, new school. And that just didn't feel fair to me. It didn't yeah. feel fair to put her through that. And so I made a decision and I literally was laying in my bed one weekend mm -hmm. And it was like a bolt of lightning shot through the top of my head. I sat straight up in bed and I said, I'm leaving. And then I was catapulted out of my bed, down the stairs. And my ex-husband was downstairs and I said, I'm leaving. I'm taking the kids and I'm going back to the U.S. Yeah. Now, there were a lot of things that had to happen for me to actually do that. And what actually ended up happening was I left with $1,500 for suitcases and a girl. Mm -hmm. And I got two tickets. They were $17 a piece. Mm. And I flew in on a C-17. Mm -hmm. So that is a giant airplane that takes cargo. Cargo. This is a military. It's not a passenger plane. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And the $17 covered two peanut butter jelly and jelly sandwiches, a can of soda, a bag of chips, and a bottle of water. Wow. That was the flight meal that they gave you in a box with a fork so that you could spread your own peanut butter or a knife so you could spread your own yeah. peanut butter. <laughs> so um, you asked what like the big challenges are. The big challenge was first, like, what do I do? I don't, I've never had to make a decision like this. And this is a life altering decision. Um, because it's not like I can just keep my job and keep doing what I'm doing and just change houses. I literally had to change countries. Yeah. Find a job. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I also had to find a place to stay. Yeah. 
So my daughter and I got on a plane. The plane broke down when it got to the East Coast. So we had to wait for the plane to be fixed. That took a couple days. Wow. And in the couple days that it took them to fix the plane, my best friend at the time was out of the country, but she had now come back into the country. So I'm on the East Coast. She's in Washington. That's where the plane's going. And I call her and I say, I know that we talked about this and I have just hit the eject button and I am in free fall. I am coming in hot. Yeah. Can I please stay with you while I figure out what I'm going to do? And can Sydney, my daughter, can she stay with you until I figure it like, can I put her in school? I need to figure out what I'm going to do. And so thankfully she and her husband, she just got remarried. Mm -hmm. We met two moves before that when we were both stationed in Mountain Home, Idaho together. She and her new husband came and picked us up from Joint Base Lewis-McChord. And it was a Friday afternoon. School started on Monday. Wow. So we missed the enrollment. And on Monday morning, I took my daughter in true Air Force fashion. Her entire life was us throwing her into things with little to no preparation other than what we shared with her as we were driving her to wherever we were taking her. Yeah. Whether it was an Italian ballet school or a swim school. But I mean, this kid, I took her on a Monday and enrolled her in school, drove her into downtown Seattle after school and dropped her off at a boathouse and said, here's your new sport. (laughs) Right. And school starts tomorrow. Yeah. And I'm going to go look for a job. So I had a job interview. I had gone through several interviews on the phone and I just knew that this was going to be the job. I knew it was going to be the job. I mean, they told me to come. I went and unfortunately, and so like so many people in the military who are transitioning, this leader was a Microsoft millionaire. Microsoft had purchased their company. They'd started a new company. They were on the Redmond campus. And he didn't understand what my resume meant. And he was actually a little bit rude about it. And he was like, wow. what does this mean? How do I know that this letter from a two-star general means anything? Can anybody mm-hmm. get one of these? Oh, wow. And I was just taken aback because... Literally, that general wrote three letters a year, and he only actually wrote one. And that man wrote a letter of recommendation for me. Wow. Not only did he write a letter of recommendation, but I had two colonels as well. And if you're in the, if you have a military background, you know that's a big deal. Very big deal. Mm-hmm. But this man was kind of like, so what? Wow. And so. Needless to say, long story short, because he actually was sick, so I'm giving him grace that everything works out as it should because Mm -hmm. I didn't get the job. It was the best thing that ever happened Mm -hmm. because the person who he did hire ended up on my, her resume ended up on my desk when I was a hiring manager. And now she was looking a job, looking for a job for me several years down the road. Yeah. So it really did work out exactly the way it should have. But at the time it was devastating because that was the only 
egg I had in my basket. I literally, yeah. I had no parachute and I just jumped. And so I want you to do that though, Delhi, because <clears throat> I mean, how many women have found themselves at a very difficult crossroad in life? I mean, you, like you said, you sat up in bed and you were like, I'm out of here, you know, and I'm leaving right now. Like, or, you know, probably not that <laughs> second, but I'm <laughs> That was divine oh. intervention. That moment, I, it was, I literally felt like I had had a lightning bolt shoot through my top of my head. Yeah. And yes, like, oh my gosh, I can't tell you how many times I questioned my ability to take care of my children on my own. Would I be able to find a job? Would I be able to find daycare for my children? Like all of those things had kept me in a place of being stuck. Yeah. And so if I'm being totally honest, I was scared and I was stuck for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And then I took action and I took a risk and I had actually been at a wedding with this friend that picked me up. I had been out there the year before for my son's high school graduation mm -hmm. and for her wedding. And I met the COO of Microsoft. He was the groom's mentor. Mm -hmm. And I sat next to him at a table that I actually was not assigned to. I swapped tables because I met someone that I really enjoyed. So truly divine intervention because had I not sat at the wrong table and had I not sat next to this man, he would not have said to me, I'd like to offer you a job. Oh, wow. <clears throat> And I was going back to Germany within two days. But the point is that having that conversation with him taught me two things. One was always have a resume that's ready to go. So every year I meet with my resume writer and I update my resume. I take an inventory of what have I done over the this past year? What do I want to do next year? And I write my resume for the job that I want in the future. Yeah. And if I don't have it, then I go get it. I go get the skill that I need. Yeah. But so I learned rewrite your resume and make sure you have a current resume always, mm -hmm. always, always, always have an up-to-date resume. Don't wait until you're looking for a job. Right. And then number two, had I not been open to thinking about my life differently, I never mm -hmm. would have had the courage to do it because in my mind, I was going to be married forever and I was going to work for the Department of Defense until the day that I retired. And that was going to be my life. That was going to be it. That was it. But because God saw fit to put me in the position to move me next door. This woman moved in uh, two months after I got there in Mountain Home, Idaho. We became friends. Like all of these things had to happen in order for me to get to the point where I hit the eject button with no parachute and said, mm -hmm. I'm coming in hot. Coming in hot and ready to make a change. And, and, and <clears throat> one other thing is that you seem to possess a confidence 
in yourself and your ability to make things happen. It may be because of your background and having to go through so many changes and having to pivot so often just growing up. But you came in with some confidence and um, because that does take a lot of it. I mean, as scared as you may have been, it might take you a little bit of time to activate it, but you still activated it and made it happen. Um, what keeps you motivated even now? So my children, that has always been being really clear on my why and what mm -hmm. is my anchor. And I don't mean the anchor that weighs me down. I mean the anchor that keeps me centered. Mm -hmm. So you can't hit the eject button and leave two of your children behind without knowing that it's go you're going to figure it out. Failure is not an option. And when I say failure is not an option, a lot of people are like, failure is good. You learn. Yes, that's, that is failure with a lowercase f. Right. What I'm talking about is failure, all caps, with exclamation marks. Yes. Meaning you're giving up. Right. That kind of failure is never an option. It's never been an option. As right. the master of the pivot, mm -hmm. it didn't matter what was happening in my life. Yeah. Failure was not a choice. Right. Failure is always an option. I was just not choosing that. And so that's where the confidence comes is that I know that no matter what happens, I'm not going to allow my children to go homeless. I am not going to allow them to not be able to have the basic necessities. And so when I left with $1,500 for suitcases and a girl, mm -hmm. I knew that I would figure something out. So yeah. my first step was, and this is the question, like when I'm with my coat, with my clients, mindset is everything. So the true. thoughts that you have will create your results. Yeah. So for me, the thought that I had was failure is not an option. I'm going to figure this out. Mm -hmm. And so the first step was, okay, you're here. Now what? Okay. Call your friend. That's the only person, you know, you literally know one person mm -hmm. call your friend. Yeah. So by the grace of God, my friend answered the phone one because she had been out of the country up until I called her mm -hmm. and then was willing to pick me up from the airport. And so we stayed with her. So I went to the job interview. I didn't get the job. I literally within days of that was balled up on the floor, mm -hmm. crying, sobbing because I had just made the biggest mistake of my life mm. until I remember my girlfriend's husband came home and he was like, we need to talk. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the thing is, is that you're never alone, whether yeah. it's the one person that you know, or all of the people that you know, because even today, I believe in the power of who, not how. Yeah. And who, not how simply means that we get stuck because we don't know how to do something. Mm -hmm. I had no idea how I was going to pull this off. Right. No idea. Right. I had to ask for help. I had to be willing to. And as a woman in particular, I had to get comfortable with accepting help from people. And that was not a place that I was comfortable in my, I was not comfortable with that. So the first thing was 
getting comfortable with accepting grace from others, accepting help and asking for help. Yes. Oh my gosh. That's another thing I talk to my clients about. It's like, if anybody watches Batman and you've ever been a Batman fan, you know, they shine that big bat beacon when Batman is needed and Batman Mm -hmm. knows that he's supposed to come. Right. If you don't tell people what you need. Yeah. They can't help you. That's right. They cannot help you because no one, we are all humans. That's all we can be. That's all we were created for was to be humans. No one can read minds. The only way that they will know what you need is if you tell them. And so that was the first thing was I had my cry. I bawled my eyes out and then I picked myself up and I was like, you didn't get the job. So now you need to get one. Right. And so I had to, I also had to build a network. I knew one person and her family. That was it. Mm -hmm. These are also the people that I lived in Mountain Home with, Mountain Home, Idaho. We lived two doors down from each other. And we always said, how many people does it take to raise a child? Two moms and a grandma. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So two moms and a grandma took, made a road trip and everybody ended up and a couple detours along the way. And we ended up in Seattle area again. And so my girlfriend and her mother got my two youngest because I had, I borrowed money from my parents Mm -hmm. and I went back and got my two children. Yeah. And I came back with my two children and my, my, all three of my children slept in one room together and I slept Mm -hmm. in another room at my friend's house and I had work to do every day. I got up, I made three budgets high, medium, and low. Mm -hmm. If I got a job that paid $19 an hour, this is what I could afford. If I got one that paid $25 an hour, this is what I could afford. And if I got one that was like, shoot the moon, here's what I could afford. And so I had three budgets. So I had an idea of how much do I have to get paid just to live? Yep. Like if I bought groceries, because I also didn't have a car. So Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. what do I have to have in my budget? And here's three scenarios, three scenarios of how this can play out. So now I know what kind of job I have to look for today. Yeah. And I know what I'm looking for because then I had to go network. I had to build a community in a place where there had previously not been one. And the thing about the military is it's an instant community. Yeah. You have an instant community because you all have this shared common experience of Mm -hmm. moving around the world and you have a limited amount of time in that place before you get to move to the next place. Mm -hmm. So make friends fast, love them hard, have all the fun, and then carry them with you to the next place. The next place, right. But here I was in this new place and no one had that same experience. They were not interested in adding new friends to their friend card. Mm -hmm. Their friend card was full. Right. And so I had to figure that out myself. And so I set metrics for myself every day. I figured out what my budget was. Right. Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm -hmm. Shelter, transportation, and you got to make money. And you got to make money. That's right. So that was my focus. And from there, I set a metric. I was like, I'm going to apply for 50 jobs every day. 
I'm going to talk to three new strangers every day. Wow. I am going to remember the names of the strangers that I talk to. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to make sure that when I leave that person and someone walks up to them and says, hey, who was that that you were just talking to? That was Deli Downs Cooley. I was Mm -hmm. just Deli Downs at the time. Mm -hmm. And she just moved here from Germany with her family. She's looking for a house, a job. And um, she is looking for other opportunities to connect with people. Those were the three data points that I wanted people to remember about me. So that's what I made sure I highlighted in my conversation with them. Now, I had lots of fun getting to know them because I'm all about my superpower is connecting people to create magic. Yes, I love it. In order to do that, I need to understand what you need. So it wasn't all about me. I need a house, a job, a place, and and a car. Mm-hmm. I need and a network. It was about, tell me about yourself, what's happening in your life, what's important to you, and being able to create value. Because as you're getting to know and create a network, now you're meeting other people and maybe someone you met knows someone else. And now you can create, connect them and you've created value. Right. So now what would you tell a person who was a woman who was trying to start all over again, or, you know, really try to create magic for herself? Would you say that's what she would do? So first thing I would say is you have everything that you need within you Mm -hmm. to make the magic. So you have to believe that. Yeah. You have to believe that first, that you have everything within you Mm -hmm. to make whatever dream it is that you have a reality. That's the first thing that you have to know and you have to own that. And you have to get really clear on your why. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because that is what will carry you through. Right. If you don't know why you're doing this, if you don't believe that you can do this, you will fail before you ever get started because that's the way that the human mind works. We create one of three results. We either mirror it, we seek evidence, or we actually just prove it right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the first thing is just, you have to understand your why, why are you doing this? And your why won't be my why. Right. And and you have to physically feel it in your body. Like that may take time for you to generate that, but getting clarity on your why and having clarity on the fact that you do have everything within you is the first thing. And then asking for help. And so now let me ask you, because I know a lot of people are going to be listening to this. You know, this last year, like we talked about at the beginning of the conversation, is that a lot of people have been, you know, thinking about their life, thinking about their lifestyle, thinking about what they're, what's, what they're doing now. And is it, is, it, is it what they want to be doing? Do I want to be driving an hour and a half to work? Do I want to be um, living like this? Do I have other options? So I know that, you know, what you're doing mm-hmm. there definitely are people out here that need your help. So where would they find you? Where would they find your coaching? What social media outlets or what's your website? How do we contact 
Miss Deli Cooley. Yes, yes, yes. So you can find me at delicooleycoaching.com. You can email deli at delicooleycoaching.com. Or you can find me on Instagram at delicooleycoaching. So deli is spelled D-E-L-E. Mm-hmm. And and so it's super easy to find deli, D-E-L-E, at delicooleycoaching.com. I love it. So good. Well, Deli, this has been amazing. I am excited. I'm excited to have you part of some of the stuff that we're doing coming up. I'm excited to get to know you more and all the fun that we're going to be doing in the Women Who Boss Up Project. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I am so excited because what I really want to do is help other people create pivots in their life so that they can create more joy, more abundance, and more of all the things that are important to them. So thank you so much for having me here so that I can reach more people to create more magic.